We are all unique, and how each of us moves through life by working with the unseen, spiritual parts of us looks different. If one way you access support is through books, and you haven't tried the Soulquake Survival Guide yet, today's a great day to try it before you buy it. Head to the show notes where I have a link for you to receive a free PDF of the first chapter. Enjoy the first chapter, and if you love it, you can find it on Amazon Worldwide in paperback, audio, and ebook. Your journey matters, my friend, and reviving your connection to spirit in earth-shaking times can be a game changer. Through unique sharings from amazing souls around the world that will help you feel more inner freedom, clear direction, and inner strength to do what you have come to do, Enthusiastically Spiritual's mission is to help inspire more enthusiasm for you to follow through with your heart's desires. Welcome back to Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa. How is your journey going? Is it currently filled with enthusiasm, excitement, or are you not feeling positive about where you're at in your journey? Maybe you're ready for a deeper exploration into who you really are. No matter where you're at, my guest today is on a mission to help you explore the divine within. His name is Ken W. Stone, and he is known as the Soul Archaeologist. Ken is a spiritual teacher, messenger, and healer. He is the founder of The Resonance Experiment and author of the forthcoming book, Resonance, The Path of Spiritual Mastery. God expresses to Ken in a very unique way. When people sit with him in transmission, they have a profoundly different experience of the divine in their body. For example, he has worked with a number of advanced former students of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who each said unprompted, following their initial session with him, that was the deepest spiritual experience of my life. Ken helps leaders, teams, entrepreneurs, and spiritual messengers unlock and express their divine potential in the boardroom, on the playing field, and in the world. His work helps individuals and teams open sustaining deep flow states professionally and personally through unique experiential learning practices. Welcome, Ken. It's an honor to be with you, Teresa. Thanks for having me on. Well, hey, so we'll go. We'll get this. I want some of that deepest spiritual experience in my life. Let's go there, Ken. <laughs> Giddy up. Let's go there. <laughs> let's go there in a big way. <laughs> well, I always like to start the conversation with if you can just share what brought your inner enthusiasm for where you're at right now on your journey, Ken. Well, uh, that's such an interesting question because my inner enthusiasm was uh, initially a lot of resistance, <laughs> as I suppose it tends to happen on the spiritual journey. You know, um, I made my living as a in financial services as a mortgage lender, and then I learned to meditate one day in 2007, and then I went to an in-residence meditation retreat, and everything changed, and I was in resistance for um, probably a good two and a half, three years after that retreat. And after the end of that, and at the retreat, somebody there told me you should be working as a healer. Okay. That's the sort of the, uh, the punchline from the, um, punch to the gut kind of, <laughs> uh, from the retreat. But in any case, that initial resistance, um, turned into a kind of enthusiasm and passion that I, 
never even conceived of. It was so far beyond anything that I could have imagined for myself or dreamt up or did imagine or dream up for myself. It wasn't just a hypothetical. I never even conceived of it. And the reason why it has become such a enthusiastic, passionate, extraordinary exploration for me at least is that, that doing this spiritual work is it's like having another level of oxygen just flooded through every aspect of my being. But but really, only if you put that in contrast to an environment that's not oxygen rich. In other words, <laughs> it's just so profoundly resonant for me on every level, you know, intellectually, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in the inner and outer experiences of my life on every level. And uh, yeah, and I guess that's the 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 quick origin of uh, of how how I came to this uh, this enthusiastic place about spirituality. Well, and I what I love about that is that it is I'm to myself too mind body spirit. It yeah. like permeates every aspect of our whole being yeah. if we allow it to go there. Because that's the thing yeah. too is we have a choice, right, Ken? That's right. Yeah, I mean, I you know there were it's sort of like this progressive series of surrenders. You know, the first surrender uh, was, okay, this guy says I'm a healer and he's telling me I don't need to be trained. I've done this in many prior lifetimes. It's more natural than breathing, whatever the heck that means, you know? <laughs> and and then, you know, on January 1st, 2008, somebody's got a migraine that I'm with. And I say to them, um, hey, maybe I could put my hands on your head. Apparently I'm a healer. And my hands and feet start buzzing and their headache goes away. Okay, so fast forward, right? So then August or something of 2010, you know, I'm making my living as a mortgage lender and I'm thinking, I'm really feeling called to this. And so I sort of set aside the life that I think I was going to live to allow this to express. And then fast forward to June of 2011 and I'm really in this inner struggle. Why am I suffering? I God, I feel like I'm following your call and my life. And the answer is just so clear. Just let go of control. Surrender and allow me to express in every aspect of your being in life. And I mean, that was sort of the big moment. But then, you know, how surrender goes, it's every moment after that, right? There's a, a constant invitation to, to open up even more fully to this, this divine mystery that expresses equally in all of us. So did you grow up with any type of spirituality background or religious background or anything like that? Well, I was raised as a Catholic and I left the Catholic church in my early adolescence, basically as soon as my parents would let me make my own choice. <laughs> and the reason I left was maybe a little different than some people, or maybe it was the same, I don't know, but it, it seemed sort of odd to me looking back on it. I left because and nothing against the Catholic Church or any organized religion. It just felt like my experience, at least, was really infused with a lot of dogma. And the dogma didn't make a lot of sense to me. And in particular, this idea that I had to be working through intermediaries to interact with the divine didn't make a lot of sense. And then as I left, you know, the first question was, okay, well, is there actually a God? Does God exist? And that was answered pretty quickly. You know, after I graduated high school, a, a friend took me up in an airplane and we flew along the the peak to peak highway in the fall, the Aspen are turning, you know, in Colorado. And I'm looking down on this tapestry and it just seems obvious. Yes, there is a God. But then the dominant question was, you know, how can I have an experience of 
the divine of God in my body, in my being. And that didn't get answered until January of 2008 when I felt I had a visceral experience, actually a buzzing and tingling in my body as this healing was happening with the person with the headache. So, you know, um, but no, no kind of organized or structure around spirituality, you know, after adolescence, more just a self-directed exploration. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, especially with the, um, what the Catholic religion is at. I didn't, I've, I've been Catholic so many other lifetimes. Uh-huh. And this lifetime I came in with no religion really. Yeah. And I speak to a lot of people who have had the, you know, Catholicism as their upbringing, yeah. but there are so many beautiful aspects to it. There's you oh, know, sure. angels and there's, and I even like today, my husband, his family is still Catholic. So we'll go and I'll go to mass and I'll just feel like right at home because I, I right. resonate so much with that energy, even though right. it hasn't been this lifetime. And I just love a lot of it. But then, like you said, a lot of the other stuff, I'm like, yeah, I could just pass, you know? Yeah. I just, I, I think we all have our own path and, you know, for some people that path includes organized religion and that's beautiful, right? I think every, every spiritual path has so much beauty in it. And for me, it offered sort of the perfect jumping off point for me to have my own exploration and so on. And, and like you say, I mean, there is a a deep resonance. I, um, father Thomas Keating, I had a chance to interview him before, he transitioned in in person, actually, at the monastery where he lived in up near Snowmass, uh, Colorado. And I mean, there was just I just I still feel incredible resonance with with Keating. And I mean, it was an extraordinary conversation. And I can think back on other interactions that I had with him on retreat up at that monastery. And um, and also I I sort of love the general exploration of spirituality and find myself working with people of all different faith traditions and spiritual backgrounds and beliefs. And somehow we're just having the same conversation and it's meaningful for each person in their own way. Yeah. And I look at it also like religion is a stepping stone and it can be that, you know, maybe you continued on that stepping stone your whole life through religion or it steps into spirituality, or like you said, there's other kinds of aspects around that, that, people may want to step into and explore. So let's talk about exploring deeper because you call yourself the soul archaeologist. And <laughs> yes. I, Ken, when I got that, I'm like Indiana Jones. That's all I saw was Indiana Jones exploring around the world, you know, unearthing beautiful things out, you know, over in India and this and that place. So talk a little bit about how did you come up with the soul archaeologist? Because I just love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a little disappointing then to meet me, right? Because I, I'm not, I don't have the hat on and, you know, no whips or anything. Anyway, the, uh, uh, a friend of mine actually named me the soul archaeologist. And she, you know, she's one of these people who's very gifted in sort of sitting with people and seeing who they are. And I had um, supported her and done session work with her and so on. And one day it seemed random to me. She said, you know, just talk about what you do, Ken. And I mean, we were just sitting around. It wasn't like it was a formal conversation, you know. And I said, well, you know, I mean, you've done, you know, I don't What am I supposed to say? And she's like, I know, just pretend I haven't done anything. And I said, okay, well, huh, I kind of close my eyes and I start seeing these images. And so I just describe the images that I'm seeing intuitively. And I, I said, well, I guess what I do is help people kind of uncover the buried treasure of divine presence that's already within them. 
it's just buried under all this other stuff. And the other stuff we think is real. And, you know, I kept talking. She goes, wait, wait, you're the sole archaeologist. So I love it. So I love it. Yeah. So the name reference really has more to do with kind of that interior excavation and uncovering of, uh, you know, inner wholeness and divinity. Although I love your image as well. Maybe someday, right? <laughs> you know, Ken, you can get a hat. You can, you know, yeah. get the best. There's no problem with getting those things and working exactly. it. Just work it. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because I was, as I was tuning into the session, I was, you know, thinking about Indiana and I was like, you know, probably a lot of people, especially the younger generations may not even know who Indiana Jones is. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah but a, a meaningful reference point. I guess I'm making an assumption about your age, but I was born in 1970. It's a, it's an active reference point for me, for sure. Yeah. I'm 68, yeah. so pretty close. There you go. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on. So yeah. let's talk about a little bit about resonance experiments. So what is resonance experiment? Well, um, so to me, the, just the word resonance, I mean, let me, I guess that the evolution of this came about when I was on a retreat with some other friends and I was sort of looking at my life and I was trying to figure out what is the through line of my life. And I mean, I worked as a professional sound engineer. I was in financial services, you know, I blah, blah, blah. Right. And you know, and now here I am doing this spiritual work, like what the heck is all this? And I sort of had this experience of like, Pre-2007 was kind of one iteration and post-2007 another. And I actually played trombone and I, I was accepted to Berkeley School of Music and they gave me a partial scholarship. I never attended. So like music and, and sound and so on. So anyway, I was reflecting one day on this retreat and I realized, oh my gosh, resonance is the through line. This is what it is. And you know, is musical resonance, resonance and sound, resonance and finance, and now spiritual resonance. And I, I mean, my whole body was buzzing. It is right now as well. And so I was thinking about, okay, what is it about this word that resonates so much with me? And what I love about it is that it has whatever meaning it has for you or anyone listening, right? And your definition of resonance is likely different than anyone else's. You know, it's your lens, your consciousness, your perspective, your life. And certainly that's true for me as well. And so when I, when I think about resonance in the current context and from my current perspective, sustaining experiences of resonance, there it is, there's divine presence, right? And what's the contrasting experience, right? Well, dissonance, right? We can have experiences of dissonance and resonance. So there we have a really easy way of exploring polarity in a simple way. So then I thought, well, let's do these experiments. Let's give people an opportunity to explore a feeling, a visceral feeling in their body of resonance. And that's one of the things that so many people have connected, that sort of deepest spiritual experience reference that, you know, it's like God speaking through them to me, you know, to sort of help me understand. What they connect that to is a feeling in their body. And so I started doing these experiments where I would, you know, hold an event, do it virtually, um, no video involved, just audio. And so, and, and so people can be in their own their own dynamic, their own lives in their own home and so on. And then we would go through these sort of sequences of transmissions and teachings to sort of share. Here's an idea. Here's an experience. What's showing up for you without kind of 
um, seeding or trying to project what it's going to be for people, you know? And so, so there were the people would participate in these experiments and they come from all these different places in the world, different traditions. I mean, I'd have people saying, you're my new imam, you know, these Muslims from different places in the world. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you know, <laughs> and so like people from, um, uh, mystical traditions are resonating people from uh, the sort of base foundation, spiritual experience or spirit, uh, religious perspective are resonating. And here we are all sitting together, all 10 or 15 or 20,000 of us resonating in our own way in a collective dynamic. And I mean, for me, this was just like, this is so powerful. Because, I mean, how ultimately does divinity ex communicate and express through each of us? We all have to kind of figure that out for ourselves, right? I mean, you know, and the, the traditions have a tendency to say, well, here's what this is and here's what it looks like. And I have a tendency to say, what is this and what does this look like for you? Even if you want to share, if you don't want to share, perfect. There's no need to give voice to it. There's no need to drag the experience from the place where there is no language into the place where there is language, right? Because you could just be with the experience for yourself. So anyway, that's maybe a little more detail than what you were looking for. But the 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 overall uh, thrust is what I'm sharing with you. And then it seems to me the opportunity from there is for people to deepen and move to a more intimate relationship with that divine mystery, however it's unfolding within them. And then they get to interpret that for themselves. They get to figure out what that means. They have a tendency to start encountering their own spiritual gifts. And I mean, it just naturally develops um, along their, their spiritual kind of journey. What I think is interesting about what you said is that how you did it audibly, not vid not with video, because right. that takes it out of, I see you and oh my gosh, I'm online right. with 15, right. 20,000 other people. They're all looking right. at me. Right. That's right. amazing, Ken. Yeah. It's so funny because I mean, I think we all have our own preferences, right? And, and I've been very comfortable with my voice my whole life. And um, I was very uncomfortable with video for a long time. And so that was sort of a natural barrier that kept me in the audio only environment without even realizing what the other benefits of that would be. And I, I now I work on video as well. But uh, for example, when I'm working one on one, I work a lot with spiritual messengers one on one. And I never, ever have a video on because it's such a distraction from being able to go into the interior. So I guess, you know, it's true for all of us. The way we're wired perfectly supports how divinity wants to express through us. And yeah, I think that's a really interesting insight about the audio only piece. Yeah, it just removes everything. It just makes it so, you know, basically if I'm talking, it's my voice mm -hmm. and you and I'm very clear and I go through a series of sequences at the beginning of the experiment so people are clear. What you're feeling is not me. It's not my energy. I'm not sending anything to you. There's nothing I could send to you. There is, I mean, if I were to put language to it, I would say the divine in me is enlivening the divine in you. But it's already there. You're already whole. You're already fully integrated. And that way we can avoid all the confusion of, oh my gosh, this is Ken's energy and blah, 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 blah. You know, all those things, right. which can lead to kind of a messy dynamic and spiritual development. You know, if if we get confused and think, well, this is about this person versus this is divine presence in me. And it's a relationship I get to explore for me. And we all have it within us. Exactly. It's there in equal measure. It doesn't really matter what we've done or what we've 
what other people have done to us. I mean, you work with enough people, sit, witness enough people and transmission or session or whatever. And I mean, it's like this revelation, like, oh my gosh, this love, this divine presence has, I mean, it's unconditional, but it's unconditional in a way that makes absolutely no sense referent from a reference in our human lives experience. It's just, it's enveloping and there's no end to it. And it, and the details don't matter. You know, the window dressing of our lives that we get so preoccupied with, you know, how do I look or how have I treated people or, you know, what horrible things have I been through? Not to minimize those things, just to say, if, you know, when we set those things aside or open to being enveloped with this experience of presence, then they're, they're not relevant anymore. Or the the noise associated with them begins to transmute and some beautiful gift is integrated there rather than being stuck. And I think there's so much these days, like you said, with, you know, how do I look and the competition of, you know, there's, cause I hear this quite often. There's so many spiritual people out in the world. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's needed. There's like, yeah. you know, 8 billion people on the planet. And yeah. like you're saying over and over in the common thread is that we're all unique. We all yes. resonate uniquely. Yes. We have our unique way we do things. And that's beautiful because there's all these perspectives in different ways with, you know, masculine and feminine and, and masculine and feminine together and whatever it's yes. going to look like that people can grab a hold of and say, Hey, I resonate with you, Ken. I really want to work with you because you're going to help me uncover what I, the uniqueness I have within me. Yeah. This is such a huge point. I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about this. I mean, when I love working with messengers and PS, I think everyone's a messenger to mm -hmm. me being a spiritual messenger just means I'm consciously aware of divine presence and expression in my interactions with others in the natural world. So I love working with people though, who are aware or becoming aware. I am a messenger and sort of being pulled towards some deeper gift, spiritual gift, whatever. To me, that gift and its raw expression doesn't come through a modality or anything. It's just a raw expression. Mm -hmm. And one way to think of it is just, it's just divine presence expressing as you. And right there, that's unique because there's nobody else that's you. So divine presence as you, all of a sudden, I, I can remember when I got into financial services, there was this book that was a big deal in the business world. You know, it was called Your Blue Ocean Strategy. It's a great book. I'm not trying to mock the book, but, mm. you know, the idea is develop your unique selling proposition and all of this stuff and all this kind of head mind-based dynamic. And when I sort of stepped in and opened up to this gift and really embraced it, I realized for every messenger, when they're on their true path, it is a blue ocean. There is no one else there. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that you're better or more important than anyone else. It's to say the gift the divine expresses through you is entirely unique. And you don't have to worry anymore about trying to differentiate yourself. You are differentiated in exactly the beautiful, perfect way you're meant to. And in the whole each of us is expressing a unique aspect of the whole. And therefore, it's through that dynamic that we, you know, more fully uncover and on and on and on. But yeah, it's so fun to talk to messengers and, and work and teach and facilitate and support because all the things we think are important, not so important. And when we get into the stuff that's really important, we're like, I mean, a lot of people say, 
this is so simple. It's just not that big a deal. Like I, I thought I had to work hard. I thought I had to be different than I am. I thought, I thought there was something wrong with my personality. And it makes me giggle because I have felt the same way, you know, but it's, it's the separate self that's, you know, saying those things. It's like that part of us that thinks I'm not whole, I'm separate from divinity. I'm not connected to myself. I'm not connected to other people, but, but there's a gift in those experiences. The gift is when we allow those aspects to integrate and how do they integrate? They have to be animated first, right? We have to feel and experience them when that integrates. It's more of our whole selves, you know, more of that unique expression showing up. And of course, there's no particular effort needed to be who you are. You know, it's just a raw expression. And, you know, back to your original question, it's full of incredible enthusiasm and it's not something that has to get cranked up or psyched up or, you know, I mean, nothing against mantras or any of that. It's just, it just is, you know, you're lit up because you're doing the thing you're meant to be doing. And that unique vibration that permeates through all of us, like what you're doing, you're permeating it and radiating your unique vibration out. So people resonate with that or they won't resonate with that or everything in between. Yeah, yeah. That uniqueness and that vibration that each of us has as a soul and that, like you said, we're already whole. We are already whole. Connecting. (laughs) Exactly. Like I, I was working with a messenger way back at the beginning and in comes this download as they do, you know, and I, I started referring to it as the divine transmission tower. And it was like, okay, here's this radio tower. And, you know, it's like a 1950s movie. It's broadcasting, you know, <laughs> the message, the signal, the, the resonance, the gift, all of that stuff. And as messengers, we think, how can I make myself more acceptable? How can I attract the people I'm meant to work with? How can I, what do I have to do to fluff and buff, you know, this miserable expression or, or, or hide my, you know, my incompleteness or whatever? not be vulnerable, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But in this, in this uh, download is this picture is just, you just occupy the divine transmission tower. In other words, just embody your soul, just be who you are. And the minute you step in at that level, it connects, all of it connects and people all of a sudden go, Oh, you're, you're the person that I've been waiting to connect with. And it's not because you sat there and went knick-knack, paddywhack, bam, 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 I need these people. It just happens. It's divine resonance resonating with it. And to your point, you don't resonate with everyone. How could you possibly resonate with everyone? Like, what would that mean? You, you know, you just have to be able to recognize I'm meant to serve some. And the people I'm meant to serve, I will resonate deeply with. And I have a funny story about this, if I could share this. Sure. So I was doing a retreat. Uh, called the Embodied Messenger Experience. And we were talking about soul embodiment. And I said, listen, language doesn't matter. And there was a uh, a wordsmith, an author in the room who really got, she was bent out of shape. Words do matter, you know, words. Are the, and I said, look, look, I get it. I mean, words matter, but I'll tell you what matters more. And that's being embodied. And when you're embodied, that that divine transmission tower, all these things happen. Yeah, I can't even explain it to you. It just happens that way. And so, you know, there's a little grumbling and the group is like, okay, whatever. And we kind of set aside. We're back into our lovey-dovey feeling. We do our stuff. We explore for the day, et cetera, right? Next morning, one of the people comes down from her room and she says, hey, I need the mic. Can I share? And I said, sure. And she says, listen, this embodiment stuff has got something. Last night, I had four new voicemails from brand new clients and I've done nothing different. My phone hasn't rang in six months. 
months. I did embodiment yesterday and the phone starts ringing. It's not intention. It's not anything. We just get, we just get to be who we are, free ourselves, liberate ourselves to be open and allow that divine expression to flow and everything else just takes care of itself. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And yeah. I think the other thing I want to tap into now is um, how a lot of people think of spirituality as mystical. Yeah. And that, of course, is a big part of it, right? Oh, it's yeah. mystical. And only those yeah. that, you know, that sit in meditation for an hour or go to these, you know, all, all the, you know, things that are kind of like um, go about with, you know, being a mystical spirituality. Yeah. When my big thing is it's natural. This is our natural state. We have it within right. us, which right. is exactly what you're talking about. Like that embodiment, right. like every single person listening or watching on YouTube, you have this within you. Yeah. Just You know, how do you want to express it? And also, I think the big thing is, too, is that, you know, seeing people who are spiritual leaders or who are, you know, teachers, it's like not everyone signed up to do that. And that's fine. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think there are so many nuggets of goodness here that you're sharing, Teresa. You know, uh, let's say the most essential is that let's accept the mystical uh, name. To me, a, a, a mystical experience just means a direct experience of divinity. Right. And that's available like this. I mean, this is and. But it's sort of like saying, um, I want to be enlightened, like it's an impossible thing, you know. But actually, certainly from my perspective, we're already fully integrated. We're already fully embodied. Like these things are all true. Concurrently, we're having this experience of separation and on and on. But underneath it all, back to the buried treasure, it's there, right? So if we if we look at this and we recognize, okay, there's this experience that's available to me and it's not far away. It's right here. It's available just like that in everyone, in absolutely everyone. Yes. Even you, the person listening who's going, there's no way I'm never going to, yeah, it'll happen. And it'll happen really, really fast, or at least it can happen very quickly. And when that happens, everything changes. And the reason it changes, I mean, think about this. What are the most impactful experiences that we have as human beings? First of all, they're always experiences. They're not ideas. They're experiences. And they're embodied, meaning something takes place that transports us, that gives us an entirely different perspective. Here are some examples. Sitting with somebody when they transition out of their body. That's an embodied experience. Totally. Here's another one holding a newborn baby. It's, here's another one, the mystical experience <laughs> of divine presence, right? That is, that is at its right. And you like, okay, sitting with somebody when they transition, that may be a, a fairly particular example, but a newborn baby, you could go to the hospital and volunteer to hold a newborn baby, right? I mean, that's that it's, it's that available even more so the mystical experience. And so, it's not special. There's nothing special about it. And to your point, we're not all called to be teachers. I mean, I resisted being called to be a teacher. I resisted being called to be a healer. But a messenger is just one who is consciously aware. That means however you show up in the world in whatever way resonates for you, whatever works for your personality. I remember talking with a messenger in one of my classes a couple of years ago. And she was, she had this thing, you know, I'm so hung up on blah, blah, blah. And I said, 
listen, if you want to be hung up on it, that's great. Like, I'm sure that'll be a productive explore, exploration for you. But maybe a different question could be, what do you want? What, what is it that resonates? And she's like, well, my personality is set up. But she was talking about her personality like it was a problem. And I'm like, no, your personality is not a problem. It's part of the divine expression of who you are. Like, you can just be who you are without excuse, without explanation. You don't need to, like, go into a whole thing. There's, there's no need for story. You could just be the beautiful expression of divinity that you are. And if you don't think you're beautiful, well, I mean, there's some opportunity there, right? You just go into that deeper experience of the divine within and discover your beauty. It's so, it's so extraordinary. I want to stand up and down and jump up and down. I, it's probably not the most effective way to engage in our time together, but that's what's going on inside me because there's such an incredible opportunity. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter like these, I mean, I'm not trying to strip away those things either, right? Individual identity and, you know, all these things, they're sure, they're very meaningful. I'm saying the thing that we seek, we can experience and we can do it like that. It's so simple. And I didn't think it was simple for a lot of years, a lot of decades, but it turns out that's what God does through me. That's why it's like, hey, I can't believe I get to do this. You know, this is how I get to make my living. And the word that keeps coming up, as you mentioned, the stories and stuff is trust. Yeah. Like a lot of people just don't really trust what they're picking up, what they're hearing, right. who they are as a soul. I mean, and that, of course, is, is to each individual's unfoldment and their journey. And For as sure. we know, you know, we've all been through eons of lifetimes. And so we've probably been through certain things that other people are going through now. And so- just, I guess the biggest thing I want to just kind of say is really just honoring where each person is on their journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, here's a, a way to just say what you said really beautifully. You can't mess this up. You're not messing it up. You haven't messed it up. You haven't done anything out of alignment. You're doing, I'm doing, everyone is doing exactly what we need to do to integrate. That's it. And, and so, I mean, there's, there's an opportunity for love for others. And as you say, wherever they are in their journey and also for ourselves and we just get to be who we are. You know, I mean, I used to think, ah, my voice is way too loud and it is loud. I don't know if you could tell, but it's really loud. And I'm six foot five. I look like a retired American football player. I do not look the part at all. God broke the mold <laughs> with me for sure. But I just get to be who I am, you know? It's like, ah, this is who I am, you know? And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, hey, there are lots and lots of messengers. There are all sorts of incredible spiritual teachers and healers and on and on. And by the way, you have all of this within you. You don't need it from anyone else. It can just be enlivened within you and then you can turn inward and explore. Super fun. Super fun. I love it. Don't you love yeah. being here, Ken? Oh my gosh. I love being here in the macro and also in the micro with you, Teresa. It's wonderful mm -hmm. to be in this with you in this way. Well, this has been a great um, chat about you being the sole archaeologist and exploring a bit about how people can really just be them damn selves. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Quit, <laughs> quit with all the hard work <laughs> and yeah, just, just put the open. hard work aside and just be yourself. <laughs> it's all okay. You trust where you're at. But I so appreciate you, Ken. So I want to talk a little bit before we go about how you work with people and how people can get in touch with you. 
Yeah. So I work with people in lots of different ways. I mean, certainly I work with a few people one-on-one and I'll work with people in small group and organizations and on that level as well. And I also work in, um, in, in large group, right? Where people can participate from wherever they are in these virtual dynamics. So I have like an ongoing virtual retreat that I do every other Thursday. It's been going on for two and a half years. People come in, people leave. It's all good. Um, I do transmission work on a regular basis that people can listen to auditor, audio, blah, 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 audio only. Mm-hmm. Got <laughs> I it. I hear, I hear you. I hear you, Ken. You're hearing me. <laughs> We're on the same I'm hearing page. you. <laughs> yeah. And I also offer like um, a free class for people to just have an experience, not only of maybe some of my perspective from a teaching standpoint, but maybe way more importantly than that an experience of transmission. And so that's a great place for people to kind of dip their toe in and explore a little bit and and get started and then sort of engage at whatever level most resonates and explore what what works for the next stage of of you know the spiritual development journey. Uh, but the way to do that, yeah. sorry, you asked me is come to my website. <laughs> come, come visit my website. It's KenWStone.com. The class is called Exploring Divine Resonance. You can register for it there. You'll get a login to my online learning platform. It's a 17-week class. It's not a little bite-sized kind of thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's super chewy or that you're going to get overwhelmed with it. I'm saying it's a meaningful dive into spirituality and the experience of the divine within, and it's totally free. So I would love for people to uh, begin there if that resonates or, or engage at whatever level. Awesome. And I'll obviously have all that in the show notes. People can go there, tap on it and, and find Ken and his wonderful um, offerings because you've got some amazing things going on. So thank you so much, Ken, for coming on today and um, exploring with us the soul Oh, it's such an honor to be with you, Teresa. Thanks for the work you're doing and for this beautiful podcast you've created and the opportunity to share some enthusiasm about spirituality with you and experience your enthusiasm as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening in to another episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual and a big, 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 big thanks for Ken coming on today and sharing about his exploration and soul archaeology, and all the beautiful transmissions and energy that he brings forth in the world. And if you resonate with him, please check out the show notes. I'll have all of the links to how to get a hold of him. And thank you for tuning in today. And if you have not subscribed, please make sure you do. Please make sure you like this episode. And if you want to leave a comment about things you might have heard or some gems for yourself, I would love that too. So until next week, please remember that life is too short to not be enthusiastic about your unique journey. Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.